Welcome podcasters, you are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co-hosted by Dr. Ginny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome back to Tell Me Why. Today, we are continuing on our second series of coaching and building a team around your athlete. With me today is co-host and good friend, Dr. Jenny Christerna. Say hi, Jenny. Howdy, howdy. Or howdy, Uh, duty. If if you missed last week's session, this is session number two on building your team. Last week, we talked about finding your direction for your sport and figuring out how to get from where you are to where you want to go. If you had missed last week's session, definitely tune in and start there. And we'll continue on with segment number two. Today, we're going to go a little bit more into actually building that team around you. If you are any type of an athlete shooting for the top, you will need more than just you. You will need a solid team of experts to help you. You can expect to carry with you your motivation, your attitude, your passion, your your drive. But with that, you will need someone to teach you the skills. You will need someone to help you with the mental training. You'll need someone to help you with nutritional training. And there's technical training, strength and conditioning. You need that team. And I I guarantee you the top athletes out there have a solid team of people working with them, pushing them in, in each aspect, trying to get there. And Jenny, I'm going to start off with a quote I found recently that I thought kind of fits this a little bit. All right. And we'll take it from there. It's here. An, an average player wants to be left alone and do what they think is best. Good players want to be coach. Great players want to be told the truth. What oh, does that man. Tell? You're going to have to send that one to me. That resonated at a heart level, at a soul okay. level. Yeah. What does it tell you? That tells me that, you know, no matter what's happening in our lives and and how afraid we are or how angry or whatever emotion we're feeling, that the truth will really set you free. We need the truth. That's the only way we grow. We don't need to be surrounded by sycophants. And the truth can hurt, but it it doesn't need to be mean. And if you need people to tell you what you want to hear, you're going to have a hard life, not just be struggling with sports, you're going to struggle with a lot of stuff. You need somebody who cares about you enough to tell you the truth and who's solid enough to withstand whatever reaction you have, whether it's you're angry or disappointed or whatever. Great. I think you nailed it. And my take on that is, is just what you said. If you surround yourself with people that are constantly telling you, oh yeah, you're doing great. Oh, you don't need to change anything. You're, you're right on task. You're not going to get any better than where you are right now. You need, and this brings us into today's topic, you need to surround yourself with people who see and want your improvement and that 
they are going to continue to tell you what you're doing wrong and where you can improve, giving you the skills you're going to need to improve and constantly be pushing you to make you better. Yeah. One of the main things that I remember from my youth growing up, I did not have the mental capacity to handle elite level sports. I could physically train technically and physically as hard as anybody else. I had a lot of energy. I could learn the skills. I could, I was decently coordinated, but you put me in a decently, <laughs> you put me in a, in a competition with equal athletes that had a better mental set than I did mentally prepared, mentally tougher. I was going to struggle. This is a great field for you to discuss. I'm going to let you break us in there. Look it. I'm going to start off with a story. I like story times, right? So story time. So when I was over at USA Taekwondo, I told anyone who came to my seminars, you know, in the beginning it was, there weren't a lot. Era was like, ah, for one, sports psychology, boo. And then she's a woman. Boo, 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 boo. And then later they're like, oh, I think she might know what she's talking about. A woman that can kick your butt. That, you know, I'd kick you in the head. But what would happen, I would tell people, I would tell all of the, the spectators there, and I would say half of them did it. And then the other half followed after they saw how it worked and then they tried it for themselves. And I would say, you can't fight when you're angry. You can't do anything in any sport when you're angry. People are like, I need to get angry. Or mm, mm, mm. I'm going to go out there and use that anger. It's like, nah. That's not necessarily how it works, but I get where they're going with it. But the whole point is to make your opponent angry. Right now, this doesn't work for 100% of the people. It works for maybe like 99% of folks. But the, the theory behind it is that when you're angry, in the research too, when you're angry, you stress the brain. And so now the brain can't think. It can't see all of the options. It becomes really focused on something. Like you, I'm going to get you. Well, you, if you're focused on how angry you are at me, you won't see this left hand coming at you or pop you right in the back of the head. So what I would tell them, I was like, one of the things in Taekwondo that I noticed is getting kicked to the body is very different than getting kicked in the head. Very, very different than, that's somebody's foot. <laughs> you're fake. Like, that's insulting. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's why the headshots were always the worst. And what I noticed is that it took longer for fighters to recover after they got kicked in the head. There's a, there's a whole psychology behind that, I believe. And so that's why I always did headshots. And I would tell them, I was like, if you want to know how tough mentally your opponent is, kick him in the head. Come out the okay. gate, do whatever you can, set it up, kick him in the head, and then see what happens. If they're just surprised and they start to back up, keep going. That's when you follow Follow, follow, follow. Kick, 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 kick. Hit. Body, 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 body. Hit. Kick them in the head as often as you can because that does something to a person. It defeats them. In every sport, there is a mental thumbscrew for every sport. You got to find out what that is. Now, here's the other thing. If you kick them in the head and they look at you like you have just unleashed the beast. Oh, I've been waiting for this all day long. You should, you should run. Like you should reset. And then you should, because that's the one who was trained by me. No, I'm kidding. But that's because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody who's not scared, for example. So in every sport, 
you have to know what the thumb screw is, not just so you can see what you're working with as the opponent, but as as a as a competitor, you can become resilient around that. No one can take you down with that. So if you're speed skating or whatever and you fall, if that's the most embarrassing thing for you, you're like, oh crap. Like, or if you're a track, you know, if you run track and you fall behind, if that's the moment you give up because I'm behind, no, it, that that's a problem. But if you're like, oh, I'm behind and you use that, how many times have we seen people come from behind and win it? If you can mentally go, that's nothing. What do I need to do now? This is where, remember we talked about last week, you know, of being objectively able to assess where you really are. If I am 15 seconds behind now, that means not that I have 15 seconds, I got to catch up by 15 seconds. That means I might have to catch up by 30, depending yeah. on who the fastest runner is. But if you have not practiced that in real game time conditions, when that happens to you, it will knock you off your pins. It just will. Yeah. No, so the mental, the elite level mindset is the worst thing that can happen in this sport. I'm ready for that. I practice that and I push through it. And that goes back to the passion that will. The, all these things come together. They don't exist without the other. That's great. And, you know, I, I never really thought about that, but you're right. I think every sport has its thing or every athlete individually, there's something about them. And this is where that mm. mental training comes in. I know when I was younger, mental training, sports psychology, whatever word was used back then, it was a little taboo or they were, th they, you were considered weak if yeah. you felt that you needed mental training. And it's totally changed now. I mean, mental training is considered right along if, as or more important than the physical aspect of training. You can only use your physical attributes as far as your mental attributes will let you take it. If you're physically strong, great. If you're mentally stronger, you'll actually be able to get physically strong because you can push yourself. So... The layman's quote that we use is your mind, your body will only do what your mind allows it. Period. Okay. Period. I remember I was fighting, I forget which, which international open it was, but I was fighting one of them. And my behind was like, I think my, my coach, I think it was the one in Chicago. My coach, coach Medina was like, do not go in. I was like, but I got to kick her in the head. Like it was an automatic, like everybody <laughs> knows I'm going to try to kick your head. She's like six feet, you know, tall. And I'm like five, one and a half on a good day if I don't do yoga. And he's like, at the end of the one round, I go back and he goes, she's going to knock you out. I was like, <laughs> you know, my eyes got bigger than a quarter and it was just like, yeah. and so it was interesting as we talk about what each athlete has that when we have someone that we trust to tell us the truth, and I wanted to tie this back into where, where you started, you know, they have to be able to hear the truth. It's going to hurt. So let it come from someone, you know, is looking out for your best interest and cares about you. Someone but to go, yes, yeah, someone you trust. And then to go to the, the piece that we were just talking about, with the thumbscrew, 
you, you have to be able to know what that is for you. And then two, you have to be able to adapt. Like you have to know what your weaknesses are. You have to know yeah. what your weaknesses are. And it goes back to that assessment. Yeah. There was a, there was another point I wanted to make, but I forgot it because again, sleep deprived Jenny, but we were, you made a, oh, the mind, the mind and the body. And so I remember my knees got weak because I was like, she has been trying to hit me in the head. And I had to, I had to, my mind was like, if you pass out in the middle of this fight, we are all going to have a problem with you. And then my mind was like, you, you got this. You can do this. Right. right. And so I did find my strength. Come to find out. And I really adore this, this woman. I, I can't re recall her name, but she took several of my webinars. Okay. On mental risk. And she was like, she was scared of me. Now she's like, and I'm, and she was like, I was just nervous to fight you. I was like, okay. I was nervous to fight you too. Because <laughs> it's little bitty me, but this is also part of the mental training. You have to understand, and I want every athlete to hear me when I say this, reputation precedes every athlete. If you have a solid reputation and, and you are one of the best, that will knock out 90% of your competition. Now, remember wow. I told you the story about my son, yep. Josh, who won the 800 meters in Illinois. He didn't have a reputation, so everybody wrote him off. This is why you never underestimate your opponent, because your mind isn't focused on that. You yep. have just played yourself. So it's one of those things, the body will only do what the mind allows it to do. And there has to be a balance between being overzealous and being nonchalant and dismissive. I always tell people, be respectful. Treat everybody that you are competing with as if they're the best. And so are you. I love it. You know, that's a few things you brought up there. I love that comment about the body will only do what the mind will allow it to do. I mean, I don't think it's understated at all. I think it's, it's something that most people don't even think about till later on in their, their coaching. I'm working with a few athletes now who we've been training technically, physically, we've been doing everything we can for them and we get to competitions. And they're competing against a U.S. team guy, an Olympic team guy, a world champion, whatever. And all of a sudden, they're, they can't do half of what they're doing in practice. What the <laughs> Seriously. And I'm pulling my hair out, talking with these kids. I'm like, what's going on? Like, well, I can't beat him. He's been on the Olympic team forever. I'm like, oh my gosh. You've been, you've been doing faster times than these people in practice. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I just not, not feeling it. it. It's such a thing. And. It, it hits me. I'm like, oh my gosh, we should have been working on this mental training along with our physical training. And it just goes right back. What you said, we were preparing the body, but we weren't preparing the mind. You know how Greg, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, no, I'm done. Go ahead. So, so my oldest son, Greg, remember when he, he was the only one that medaled at the inaugural games for the youth Olympics. Right. Okay. So he got there. Guess what, you know, I, I would, I would 
I was, of course, excited for him because he's my son and I, I wanted him to go. But I was also just like, don't give up. God. They're like, oh, it's great. Like, now, mind you, he kicks hard. But everybody's like, ah, nope. <laughs> he kicks too hard. It's like, then move. Yeah. That means you're going to have to be faster than his kicks. That means you're going to have to come up with the strategy. And so this is one of those things where I love when you said, hey, we were training the body and not the mind. So, you know, I came up with these custom visualizations for Taekwondo athletes and I have one for track and I have some for soccer and I have some for all these different sports. And everybody can't get into the ring or the arena with their competitor. But remember, the brain doesn't know that the difference between what's real or imagined. If it happens in the brain and the brain believes it, then it happened to the brain. So, for example, in taekwondo or track and field or, or soccer or whatever, you have to have seen yourself and felt yourself do that thing. You have to go into a, a, an alpha state, maybe even a theta. If you're lucky, if you can get into that, that's yummy because all you need is one. Yep. All you need is one win before you set foot on the pitch, before you set foot in the rain, before you set foot anywhere. You have to have a solid win because that is what the brain uses as momentum. So if you, my guess is, here's the thing. If I'm going to put, 50, let's bet 50 bucks, right? Well, I'm going big Let, time, okay. You, okay, yeah, you know, don't, don't, don't tip me. I might make it 51. I'm going to break <laughs> you. <laughs> but I bet you $51 that if you did a nice visualization, a solid visualization, get them anchored in that, and have them practice that visualization before every practice and then give them an actual co competition day visualization anchored in the theta state and then sent them out on the ice because, see, remember, the body's warmed up. The brain has warmed up the body. Yeah. And the, it, it's just like they really did it. Sorry about that, guys. That's my calendar. Hold, please. All right. So what ends up happening is the brain already won. I already, I just beat you. I just won this. So the brain's going to be like, right? And it's not going to feel like a fluke because the, the serotonin, the dopamine, all of the hormones and chemicals and stuff, oh, I won and I'm going to do it again, right? Because you just did it. But the body hasn't burned any significant amount of fuel, any significant amount of energy. But the brain, that's the confidence. I did that already. Yeah. Remember, if you can do it once, you can do it again. And like you said, if you can even control the brain to take you further than you believe you can do, it, it yep. can do it. I think it, to me, it's just a belief. If you believe and know that you can do it, you can do it. And this, like I could talk on psychology all day. I, I guess that it was a weak point for me when I was competing, when I was younger. It's something I had to work on immensely. Back then, we didn't even have sports psychologists. It was not a normal thing. It was something I read books. I, I talked to other people. I remember, here's another story. I remember going to my first world championships, and we had only qualified one person to represent the U.S. We had a relay team as well, so I had my teammates there for a relay, but I was the only one doing the individual distances. And... I remember each of my teammates coming up to me, oh, you have to place top six or you have to place top whatever so we can get more guys next to you. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. 
you know, and I had never had that kind of pressure on me before. I had only put my own pressure on me when competing. Uh And all of a sudden, I haven't even competed in my first race yet. And I'm getting, I'm just like ready to throw up. My stomach's in knots and and I'm just feeling a mess. And every one of my teammates, not knowing what they're doing, is coming up to me, making me feel terrible. Like, you have to do this. You have to, you know, this is my first world championships. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I went and talked to my coach about this a little bit, and he gave me some great advice, which helped me immensely. To go find a quiet place in the arena somewhere, go get to yourself, sit down, focus on your race. Don't worry about what everybody's telling you. Whatever they're telling you, remember, you beat all of them to get here, and Hello. you are better than them, and you could do better than they're going to do anyway. So yep. whatever they're telling you, it doesn't mean diddly because they can't do it better. You have to go out and do the best you can. If you can compete at your best, you're going to do great. If you can't get yourself to your best, then you got your own problems. But if you can go out and do your best, that's about all you can ask. And then that's not easy. Some people can't get to their best. But anyways, long story short, I ended up being able to do that. I I literally told myself over and over again, all right, go out and do your best. Go out and do your best. Go out and do your best. No one else can ask for anything more than that. Went out and did that, had the best competition in my life, set records oh, in every race, uh-huh. set faster than any male had ever competed in that sport before. And, you know, it was great. But, um, you know, I, I, it was something that, again, going back to this, it's you can train yourself physically till the cows come home. But if you can't support it mentally, when the pressure's on, we're talking like you were talking, learning how to focus. No one knows those kicks are coming at your head. If you're not focused, if you're not doing your head in the game, you're going to get knocked out. Yep. Working on imagery drills. There, there is so much more to being an elite level athlete. And we're going to go, guys, we're going to go into this on a bunch of different levels today for, for different ways, different coaches, different people that can help you. For me, psychology, it's just huge. And I think for everybody out there, there are ways to do this. There are, there are people that go see it or people to go talk to and ways to make this better. Don't put aside the mental training along with just do the physical training because you will be shocked when you go to the first competition and you're not ready. Yeah, because I have to tell you, I think the only reason that I fought as well as I did is because everybody underestimated me. They're like, oh, she's short, she's older. But (laughs) at the end of the day, I tell people, if you know what your weaknesses are and you know what your strengths are, you have the best chance of winning. And let me tell you why, and even with my kids, kids now, it's like, I'm not as fast as you. They're messing with me, poking at me. Hey, slow poke, hey, old lady, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I might be old and I might be slow. I just need one good lick. I just need to get you one. (laughs) And that's a win for me. And they're like, but that's not, but for me, that's a win. So know what your win is. Know what you're really good at doing and what you need to shore up because then that way you know what you need to compensate for. But know what you're going in there to do. What is your goal for that particular competition? Is it I just want to be able to dribble if you're a soccer player? Is it that I don't want to have any, I don't want to strike out? I only want to have two balls. At least I want to get to to first base. What is it that your goal is? You know, do I want to score 
you know, X number of points in a basketball game? Do I want to do X number of assists? And then when I do that, who, right? You have to give yourself, what's the point of this particular competition? What do I want to achieve? When you have that, it's not about just win, especially if you're on a team sport. What, what is it that you want to make sure you achieve in this particular game? If you're a soccer player and you're a defender, I want to block four shots. I want to block four shots on goal. Yep. Right. Or I want to do an assist if, if you're a forward or whatever, or if you're, you know, mid, you know, white ring or whatever. But the point is, is that know what you, what the goal is for each competition and then increase it over time. It's not so much I want to win the, the speed skating competition. Maybe it's, you know, I want my, my time to come in at X seconds. So that way, I don't even care what they're doing. My time, right? Because then you'll get into what we call that flow state, right? Because I'm competing now against myself. And that's the ultimate place for every athlete to be. So when you were told by your coach, don't worry about them, you enter the flow state. So it's like, that was my best. I broke records because it was for you. Yeah. It didn't matter what everybody else did. It's none of your business what everybody else is doing. Unless you're fighting, then it's definitely your business. You want to protect yourself. But when it's an individual open sport, that's just you competing against other people, but it's you against you, you have a greater chance for success when you can get into that flow state. When everybody else can fall off and it's just you on that ice or it's just you doing your thing, you got it. You got a pretty solid chance. As you guys can see, we start talking about psychology. Jenny is on a roll. And this is, for me, this is huge. It's and, and I, I, we want to get a book for people. Okay. We want everyone else to understand the importance of this. We're going to go into every other divisions too, like, like nutrition and strength and conditioning. The, the, the idea of this podcast today is discuss your team, your coaching, the people around you and the importance of them. We've discussed the importance of psychology and I want everybody else to understand too. Yes, I think half of, our, half of our audience out there is probably going, I can't afford this. I can't afford a psychologist. I can't afford a nutritionist. I can't afford strength and conditioning coach. I, I got what I got. And I'm going to tell you a quick little story while you're looking at your book there, Jenny. When I first took over the national team coaching room for USB skating, the one thing I went to my boss, executive director of USB skating, said that I need, I need a sports psychologist. My boss, who was a former Olympic level skater at this previously told me, well, no, I don't know why. Why do you think your skaters need a sports psychologist? We never had one when we competed. So why do they need, obviously they were a little out of touch and, you know, living in the, in old school days, but like I said, my, right? yeah. yeah, my athletes would go into the line against world champions and stuff and be skating faster times than in practice, but not be able to do anything in a competition. They would fold under the pressure. So I did some research and long story short, I asked her again later on, I'm like, if I can find one for free, can I get a sports psychologist for my athlete? She's, she's thinking to herself, yeah, okay. No, one's going to do it for free. It, yeah. If you, if you find one for free, you can have one. So I actually went to, this is something for all you podcast listeners out there, you'd be amazed where you can find help. I went to the local university, talked to the head of psychology department and said, Hey, do you, you know, told them who we were, what we're doing. Do you happen to have a student or two that might be 
needing some credit hours, can work with our athletes for a project, spend some time with them. And he's like, yeah, I got a couple for you right here. Didn't cost us a cent. We actually ended up getting this student to free your own board at the training center, at the Olympic training center. They were having, they loved it. They got to work with our athletes while they're eating lunch, breakfast, and dinner between workouts and workouts. The change in the level of our athletes, this one psychologist we had working with us, his name was David Cresswell, and he took over. He developed our athletes in every way possible. I know he's a clinical psychologist at this time, and he does a great job. But anyways, we got this, we got this for, for free. We found a young man willing to do the work, willing to spend time with our athletes, who was very devoted. He had his own goals. He was an up-and-coming star. He wanted to do what was best. So when you guys are out there saying, I can't afford this, I can't find this, I bet there's someone on your block that was maybe a retired sports psychologist or coach that knows how to work. And so there's, there's someone your parents know, there's someone your coach knows that is retired or maybe looking for some part-time work or a student in a high school, in a college, in a university, look around, you will be able to find your help and not just psychology, nutrition, strength and conditioning, whatever it is. If you want it bad enough, you will find someone in your price range to help you out. And don't always think that the high price guy is going to be the best guy to go. Like I said, this guy we found, he was phenomenal. He did a great job. He was a student. And I can't speak enough to, if you look hard enough, you will find that person for you. Jenny, tell us about your book. And, and that's real talk because just because it costs a lot doesn't mean it's good. And just because it's free doesn't mean it's bad. But I will say, Sometimes you get what you paid for. So use your discernment. But going to colleges is a great place. They're, they're excited. They're going to treat you like a professional athlete. They're going to be so into it. And you might not always get that with a high-ticket psychologist or sports counselor. You just might get somebody better. Yep. Right. So take your time. And, and if you can't afford it as an individual, see, you know, if you're a coach, and, you know, team manager, see if, if they would be willing to do it as a team, maybe once a month, maybe doing just some group work or whatever, right? Because yeah. we all need our hours. I remember that hasn't changed that we, we need our continuing education credits. We need, what do you call, we need our CEUs. We need to be able to do our research, right? And so to, to your point, I want to co-sign on that twice. But the book that I want to have you guys look into, I'm going to hold it up in front of this camera here, and I'm going to read it out loud. It's this book. It's called, uh-oh, it's called Finding Flow. And I'm going to murder his name because I, after God knows a decade or so, here you go. I, yeah. I, I still destroy it. But it's called Finding Flow, The Psychology of Engagement with Everyday Life by Mahali Chizikstenthamalahagi. So it's C-S-I-K-S-Z-E-N-T-M-I-H-A-L-Y-I. Now, I, I think the diff degree of difficulty falls 50-50 here. So it's just like, that's a long name. Yeah. And I would learn how to say it. And then I would forget how to say it because I don't say it often. Excellent, excellent book. It's for life. You can apply all this stuff to sport. But remember, sport 
you can apply all of that to life. So this is why I love this book. And I've had this book for I don't know how long. Wonderful book, Finding Flow by Mahali. And so you can get it off of Amazon. I'm not getting paid for this. These are just the books that I use for, for, for my own personal development and learning professionally. So um, it's a really good book. And I'm going to try to, like, every time we have a podcast, I'm going to, you know, I have like three more bookcases in my closet. So I'm going to try to see if there's a book that I can grab for, for everybody to look into and read. And it's a great way yeah. for these, our listeners to catch up and to learn. I mean, we'll, we'll point Absolutely. them in a the direction. Ask how we can do. You guys got to do the work. That's right. And, and that's kind of the, the whole point, Pat, of this podcast. And I remember when we first started talking about doing this, we were trying to figure it out, but. You know, we're we're a resource. We're not selling anybody anything. We're not getting endorsements for the stuff that we bring up. Yes. Educational purposes, right? Well, right. Pat does have a have a have a fantastic book coming out. So we that's that's not a completely true. But it's about giving people resources and, and sharing what we know. I mean, we're not gonna be here forever, you and I. And there's a saying that I, I read in, in college as I was driving down the highway and it said Learn from the mistakes of others. You won't live long enough to make them yourself. And I believe that. And I believe you should learn from the, the successes of others and tweak both of those and see what works for you. But yeah. you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So as you're sharing your stories, like, I completely forgot about colleges. Like, they need placements. They need their yeah. hours. They yeah. need to write paper. And they need to do research. If they're doing an independent study, that, that, that's part of that. And so... I love the point you made about if you really want it, you'll, you'll find somebody. And that's for nutritionists, same thing, dietitians or what have you. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and that's where I wanted to continue on. So as you're building your team, like we, we stressed the importance of us as a psycho, sports psychologist or someone that can help you with your mental training. You have that whole team that you can build. So find you already know what your weaknesses are. If it's mental training, you probably need that either way you look at it. Is Do you need nutritional help? Are you in a weight gain or weight loss sport, like a fighting sport, like Ginny was talking about, where you have to make weight? Are you a weightlifter trying to keep weight on? Or are you in a sport where you burn a lot of calories, but you need to take in the right calories? Depending on your sport, nutrition is going to be extremely important to be able to get the right nutrition in for your sport. Other things like uh, a technical coach, you know, some sports will have a coach just to teach them the techniques, the technique part of that sport. Your strength and conditioning coach, if you're just winging it, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go hit the weight room. I don't really have a program. I need to improve my strength. I need to improve my cardiovascular. You need to find someone that can help point you in those directions to help that improve. Yes, you can probably slowly do it on your own, maybe read a few books. But like we talked about, there's people out there that are experts that will help you 10 times faster and more effectively if you yep. look around. But you need to continue to build that team. You know what? And I'm, I'm going to just say something. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. Some people might not like it and you already know, I probably don't care, but it needs to be said, which is stop having a problem for every solution. I hear it for, from parents and coaches and athletes all the time. 
And I tell parents, if you're invested in your kid doing well, these are things that you're going to, you're going to have to spend some money somewhere. Oh, it's so expensive. And I'm like, no, the five plane tickets that you purchased to fly out to California or to New York or to the opposite side of the country from where you live, that's expensive. Why would you spend all that money to go there and they're not ready? This is not just, you know, for the athlete, but it's also for their, their squad, for their team, the parent, the coach, and whoever else. You, you have, we talked about this in one of the podcast episodes. You have to know what your priorities are. Having a really good assessment. What are the first things we have to work on? What are the most important things? And understand, like, I might not be able to get everything I want, but everybody, we might not be able to have that family trip. If we're really that invested, maybe only mom or dad can go with. Maybe all of us can't go, Yeah, which is a bummer. But what's the point in spending $2,000 on airplane tickets to go to Disney or Orlando for a competition and they're not ready? And then the parent, I've seen this happen all the time, the parent will get angry. We flew all the way out here. It's just like they went to Spent practice twice Spent all this twice money and week. guys didn't, didn't win one game. Or you, yeah. you, you lost on the first round. Well, somebody's going to lose on the first round. But, you know, I didn't see what I... I thought I should have seen your performance. It's like, well, did you really invest the energy and the time in that? You might have to invest some money because by the time, you know, this podcast gets out, everybody's going to be calling up colleges. Some of them, do you have a psychology student? Yeah. Why not? But, right. And so you're going to have to spend something somewhere. So I just want to just be straight up with parents and coaches and athletes. Like, you're not going to get everything you want, especially if you're on a budget. Now, if you're wealthy and you're very fortunate in that way, that's fantastic. Most people are not. Take advantage of it. Yeah. So. Great. I want to run down a list of a few other things. You know, these are things that people don't think about when you're, again, building the team. That's, that's what we're talking about today. Building that team around you to give you that expert advice to help you in a direction you're going to go. Some of the ones we haven't discussed, a choreographer, a massage therapist, a physical trainer, they have stress reduction coaches, they have exercise physiologists, strength and conditioning coaches, speed coaches, anxiety coaches, motor performance coaches, a doctor. And one that I want to even talk on a little bit too is an equipment expert. I work, come from sports where equipment is kind of half the battle and some, some athletes don't pay any attention to it because they don't want to bother with it. They don't want to try and understand it. If you don't understand your equipment going into a competition, you're having someone else rely on that equipment or re you're relying on someone else to make sure your equipment's in good shape. Some you're going to a, a big competition, that person's sick or something happens there in a car accident and they don't make it. You're all on your own with that equipment, not understanding how to use it, how to prep it get it ready and tip top performance shape. You, all that training you do physically, again, just went down the drain because you're not ready equipment wise, along with all these other aspects we're talking about. I think uh, you have to look at each one of these areas and make sure you're prepared and ready. Each one of these areas, whatever ones are important and related to your sport, you can find an expert in that field and help you improve your performance. 
Absolutely. And it doesn't mean they're working with you every day or every week. It just means sometimes there's one or two consultations. Yeah. Sometimes it's maybe three to four where they're helping you to understand something. It's more education and then application and what to look for. And the the feel of your equipment, the the feel of your body, that that's you getting familiar with things. And this is what you've just described as a beautiful kaleidoscope. This is multidimensional. It's not that I just get out there and swing a bat and hit a ball. It's how do I hold my body? How do I feel my body? How do I position my body? And th there's a lot that goes into the swings. Remember how we talked about uh, having a goal and then these objectives once you get an uh, assessment of where you really are? Like there's a lot of pieces that go into a swing. There are a lot of pieces that go into horseback riding, that go yeah. into skating. There's a lot of those little bitty, if you move it a hairline, it changes everything type of type of things. And so it's about getting familiar, getting comfortable, getting used to that where it's normal. If winning is normal, you never get scared, right? At some point you might get nervous, but as soon as you hit the 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 competition arena, you're like, okay, all of it goes away. Because I'm used to being here. I'm used to this. I can tell when something's off. But you have to do it so often in practice. You treat every practice like it's a it's competition. It gets you ready, especially if you're living, for those of you who live in rural areas where there's not a lot of competition, or maybe you're fighting the same people or competing against the same people or playing against the same people. Well, you're going to have to find ways to make that different. Yeah. I wanted to go over something before we kind of close up here, Jenny, is I've heard this, this comment recently a lot more. We're in a, in a me over a we era. People yeah. are thinking, oh, you know, I just need me. I can do this all on my own. I'm a one-man band. I'm, yeah. I, I got it. I know what I'm doing. It's not that way with sports. It's, it's probably not that way with just about anything in life. You will do much better with just about anything in life if you have a team around you. You rely on experts, as you're talking about. You learn from other people's experiences. Yep. Use the knowledge. Use other people's knowledge. Become a we team. Uh, don't be going in it just as a me. Build your team of experts and rely on them. Use them. You don't know what you don't know, and you need to figure it out, and those experts will tell you. So here's something that you said that really resonates with me. And it's not that you said it directly, but basically what you said is you don't have to go alone with this. You don't have to do this alone. All yeah. the pressure is not on you. Let other people help you manage that. So the things that you do carry are only the things you need to carry. Nice. And Jenny, we're going to try and close it up a little bit as we do with every podcast is really kind of give a brief synopsis of where, where, what can we go back over and, and outline for our coach, for our athlete and our parents who are the ones primarily we're aiming towards here for improvements. Let's kind of look back. I'll, I'll start out with like our, our coach's angle and just say, you know, for you coaches out there that are listening and understanding this, for one, don't be afraid to expand that coaching role. Don't be afraid if your athletes say, hey, I know you're my coach, but I, I need a a psychologist, I need a nutritionist, I need this. Don't take an ego hit and say, oh, no, no, I got this, I got this, we can help. You don't need it, you don't need all our help. 
because you are an expert in one or two things that athlete in order for them to keep developing, they need experts in, in multiple things. And on the same point, maybe you can work with your athlete to say, Hey, I'm here for your technical coach. I can help train you in this, or I'm your physical coach. I can help train you in this. Let's do some looking into let's building our team as a coach and say, Hey, let's see if we can find somebody else. And maybe this is going to help more than one other person. It's this team sport. We can have our whole team work with this psychologist, this nutritionist, this conditioning coach, whatever it is. If you are the coach of an athlete that's, or athletes that are really trying to strive to a, to elite level, it's a great spot for you to really show your worth and help those athletes develop a team. Absolutely. I love that. And that's applicable to coach, I mean, to athletes and to parents. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw in referees because referees, we work better too, right? Yeah. And what I would say for, for parents, set aside a fund for team development. Don't just rely on your coach to give your athlete, your child athlete, what he or she needs. You, you need to rely on more than just that coach. Cause that coach can't be everything to that to any player. It just can't happen. So plan to invest accordingly into other things, you know, set aside X number of dollars to, to hire out, to do individual training, maybe in in whatever way you need. And then I would say for parents, don't try to fill those gaps yourself. You want to keep your role as parent and cheerleader as separate from coaching and development as possible. Now, if you want to go out back and kick the ball around or, you know, just do some fun stuff, if they ask you to help them out, then do it. But don't put yourself in the role of coach in that way or the, or the developer in that way, unless you absolutely have to. The next thing I would say to the athlete is allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to be tender and allow yourself to own that and know that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being unsure or doubtful. The more your team knows about that, the better they can help to develop that resiliency. The more they can help shore you up. But they have to know, right? Doesn't mean you're sensitive or weak. It means say, this is a this is a tender spot for me. This is a sore spot and I, I'm a little self-conscious about it. They can help you with that. Okay. And then as far as you know referees, it's the same thing. There's coaches and mentors for referees for every sport. Go out and not just want to do the high-level games. I'm in that space. I want to do high-level games. But I got to tell you, I feel fan-freaking-tastic when I do low or mid-level games because I rep the crap out of those games. It makes me feel good because they're not running, you know, seven and a half miles an hour or five miles an hour. I can keep up with play so much better and, you know, my claws are more accurate. So allow yourself to not ever get bigger than where you started. So big that you can never go back and enjoy just for the fun of it, right? Because you're going to have a lot of competitions where, and all athletes and referees and coaches and 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 and, and parents, you know, you're not going to win every game. You're going to have a lot of competitions where you sh- you feel like you should have won but you didn't. That's okay. Humility is not something that's a bad thing to develop, and we often develop that when we lose. Allow yourself to be humble and learn something. So great. And I'm going to challenge all the athletes out there to go back 
listen to the first podcast on this subject on building your team and look at your timeline. Look at, we talked about going from point A where you are to point B to where you want to be and include in that timeline, building your team. Look at your weaknesses, look at where you need to be and figure out those team members that you need to start looking for and need to include in that journey and, yeah. and develop that team. And I'm telling you, your progress will skyrocket compared to what you've been doing. Yep. And parents, you'll actually save a lot more money when you invest in those things early on. So True. even if they're 16, 17, the sooner you invest in it, the more money you save in the long run. So if you got a kid that you're just like, hey, I, I want to support them and I want to invest in these things, I promise you, you're going to just need maintenance as they get older and as they progress in the sport. The other thing I want to piggyback off of what you said too is being able to use that assessment. You invest in those things based on the priority list. You don't invest in a sports psychologist if you need to invest and in, develop your technical skills first, right? That assessment is going to tell you where you start, what you need to invest in first, where you need to build your team first. So we want you to go back and, and make sure you listen to kind of the stages of what's important, how to identify what they are. Great. All right, guys. All right. Please feel free to leave us some messages in the comment section. We'd love hearing from you. Let us know what you got out of this. Let us know what we're still missing. If there's another subject line you'd like us to talk about, we love hearing from you and we yes. will respond when we can. Again, thank you for listening and we will be back next week. Thank you once again and have a great day. Bye guys and gals. Thank you.